Rumpelstiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description. Hello, and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. On today's episode, we will be discussing Once Upon a Time, Season 1, Episode 15, Red-Handed. This episode was written by Jane Espenson and directed by Ron Underwood. It premiered March 11th, 2012, and had a viewership of 9.29 million. A brief synopsis, David faces questions about Catherine's disappearance, and Emma gives Ruby a job as her assistant. As flashbacks show, Red Riding Hood attempt to kill a wolf preying on her village. And in the title card, we see Red Riding Hood. The opening sequence shows a hooded figure. This has appeared in the series once before, although the first time the hooded figure appeared, it was assumed to represent Snow White after watching the full episode. In this episode, it appears to represent Little Red Riding Hood, as the episode explains her storyline. Huh, interesting. Yeah. I'm sure it's always represented Red Riding Hood to a certain extent. Because Well, I also noticed, I don't remember which one it was, but in one of them, the hooded figure was walking away. And in the other one, the hooded figure was walking towards the camera. Ah. So, it, and I looked it up. It, I forget the, it, it was a stand-in actress. It wasn't either yeah. actresses that played the character. It was a stand-in for them. But the same actress in the same hood and the only difference is in one the hooded figure walks away and the in the other one the hooded figure walks towards the camera interesting Hmm. so i have two notes before we get into the actual recap first off this episode was hard to watch after if you're interested you can go and look at me telling jason here about reading red's untold tale which is a once upon a time book which takes place probably several years before this episode happened and we see a lot of Peter and Red's relationship blooming and it's so cute in the book and then to watch this episode like a couple weeks after finishing that book torturous like yeah uh, I just want to know where the mean girls are that you, you told yeah, me about where, where are the mean girls where where are all the children where is everybody that was in that book uh where's the wizard that was in that book I yeah. would I have questions uh, if you want to know more about this thing, again, watch our uh, bonus episode about that. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is there was a book chapter for this episode, but uh, the book chapter is pretty much similar, exactly the same, except the very beginning. And that's what I'm going to mention here. So the book starts with them doing a manhunt for Catherine with like hundreds of people in the woods, like the whole mm-hmm. town straight up lining up and going like walking together. Arm. Yeah, yeah, like arm in arm walking through the woods, like, you know, so that way they don't miss anything. So everybody's got their little like section. So they hunted the woods through that. And then Regina throughout the chapter is very adamant that David had nothing to do with it. Like mm-hmm. way too adamant, like defending him to her last breath. Hmm. And I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> it's interesting because in a, I don't think it's this episode. I think it's a later episode. We see... Yeah, it's definitely a later episode, but we see what one of Regina's 
last ditch efforts to keep David and Mary Margaret apart from each other is. Basically, she wants David to fill the role of Sheriff Graham in her life. And uh, I wonder if, if that was in the script, an earlier script version here. Because I, I suspect with these books, they had access to the early versions of scripts and they took things out that didn't make the show or they put things in the book, I should say, that didn't make the it show. It could be because we've said that some of the deleted scenes ended up in the book in mm -hmm. places because we've gone over that in a few episodes. That's just my thought anyway. This is going to be a tangent, but in, I haven't read it for myself, but I uh, saw a YouTube video of someone going over the Rise of Skywalker novelization. And evidently in that, Kylo... Uh, I guess Ben Solo comes back as a force ghost and spends like the rest of his force ghost time hunting down remaining members of like the first order and the empire and stuff and killing them as a force ghost. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Like I, it is, but that's nowhere in the film. So I wonder if that was in a, a draft of uh, the rise of Skywalker not sure there's a place to put that in the rise of skywalker like uh, realistically that like it fits there's so much in that movie already that yeah i just i think like you'd shove that in at the end and be like wait why are we even doing this right now i would i would love for us to do some episodes about star wars and uh really get into it i actually enjoy the sequel series i know a lot of people aren't a fan of them you yeah. know i'm down with it i'm not yeah I'm not a total hater here well so. that's i i think um what was it? Um, the Last Jedi is the second best Star Wars movie, only behind Empire. And, I feel like and, you're saying fighting words for a potential audience here. Well, maybe I'll cut this. Maybe I'll make it a short. Who knows? It'll be a but, short, I'm but, sure. But, uh, but yeah, let, let, let's dive into the episode before I go any further, because I am I could go on, on a Star Wars tangent all day. Just call the short, The Last Jedi is good, question mark? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Slash... <laughs> Ghost in my room at 3 a.m. <laughs> not clickbait. <laughs> Parentheses, not clickbait. <laughs> All right. Okay, uh, compose ourselves. Yeah, sorry. So, diving in the episode at the Storybrook Sheriff Station. Emma begins interviewing David about Catherine's disappearance. After a few questions, she lets him go, as there is no evidence of a crime. At Granny's diner, Ruby is talking to August, and he tells her about traveling the world when Granny calls her over and tells her to stop flirting and do the diner's paperwork. The two argue, and Ruby walks out, stating she quits. I have a few notes here. During the opening shot on Granny's diner, we hear a wolf howling in the distance. The sensual, flirtatious depiction of Ruby is based on the traditional fairy tale of Little Red Riding Hood, which is filled with sexual innuendo and meant to serve as a cautionary tale for young girls not to fall prey to lecherous men, uh, which is true. There's lines in there about her giving away her goods to everyone in town and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of innuendo. And then from my personal notes, I was doubting August's story because how does one ride a motorcycle to Nepal? And then I found August claims to have seen lemurs in Nepal. However, lemurs are only found in Madagascar, an island off the coast of Africa. There are none in Nepal. 
And then I had two notes here about two temples in Nepal that have uh, different type of monkeys that live there, which are considered sacred, but they're not lemurs. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, mean, I don't really want to go into the notes because it's a, a lot of words that I cannot pronounce. So we're, I'm just going to skip over them. I don't think we're meant to believe he actually went to Nepal anyway. I think mm. he's just spewing stuff at her because obviously she's enraptured and it is Ruby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, you get you, you got to take your shot with Ruby. You got to shoot your shot. Um, anything else you'd like to say about this scene? No. Okay. <laughs> In the enchanted forest, Peter meets with Red at her home. He comes to her window and threatens to huff and puff and blow the house down unless she opens it. Granny, her grandmother, calls Red to come into the other room, but the two steal a kiss before Peter leaves. A group of townspeople are at the door saying they want to hunt the enormous wolf that has been in the area killing sheep. Red wants to go with them, but Widow Lucas, which is Granny's name in the Enchanted Forest, refuses. She tells Red to bar the door and windows and to keep her her red cloak and hood on. After the townspeople leave, Red and her grandmother bar the windows and doors, and her grandmother sends Red to bed and reminds her to, quote-unquote, wear the hood. So my notes for here, Peter saying, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow the house down, is a reference to the Three Little Pigs. Ruby's love interest in this episode is Peter. This is possibly a reference to Peter and the Wolf, which was made into a short animated film by Disney, which also has the title Peter and the Wolf. And also that Peter mentions that he's a blacksmith. So when they're planning to run away together, I was like, yeah, actually that could work. A blacksmith could pick up a job anywhere at this time period. Yeah, they do talk about in the book that he's an apprentice blacksmith to his father. Honestly, them battening down the hatches essentially with this house is wild. Like, oh, yeah. All the stuff they have to basically keep someone in is crazy and keep someone out, I suppose, but also in. Yeah, it's interesting too because Granny slash Widow Lucas, I'm going to be going back and forth a lot with that um, because I think in my notes, I just have her written as the Widow or Widow Lucas when they're in the Enchanted Forest. But I more commonly just call her granny in whatever world it is. When Red goes into her bedroom, granny sits down in this chair with a crossbow, like at the door. And I just wondered, like, does she spin that chair around (laughs) the second after Red closes the door? Right? Um, Like, I don't understand how this functions or works. Like, like they're battening it down and I get to keep her in. But obviously it's not doing a good enough job. Yeah. I don't know. Back in Storybrooke, Ruby and Granny are arguing over what Ruby is going to do with her life. Granny wants Ruby to start working Saturday nights and taking care. Oh, I screwed up this note. This should have been earlier. Oh, well. Uh, Granny and Ruby are arguing over what Ruby is going to do with her life. Granny wants Ruby to start working Saturday nights and taking care of the books for the diner. Ruby quits and storms out of the diner. And my notes here are Granny says to Ruby, For one thing, Liza, you dress like a drag queen during Fleet Week, which specifically refers to real-life actress Liza Minnelli. Yeah. And then I have here, Ruby shoots back, and you dress like Norman Bates when he dresses like Norman Bates' mother. That's a reference to the fictional characters of Norma and Norman Bates from the American film Psycho. Anything else you'd like to say about this scene? No. All right. The next morning, 
Red is gathering eggs from the chicken coop when she runs into Snow White, who is hiding in the corner. Still hiding from the evil queen, Snow White introduces herself to Red first as Frosty. Red is doubtful that that is her true name, and Snow White conf- confesses that she is hiding from someone. Sorry, it just... <laughs> It, made, it makes both of us it's laugh. It's really so bad in the yeah. episode too. Yeah. Like she's like, Frosty! And it's like, oh my god. Yeah. So Snow White confesses that she is hiding from someone. Then she says Red can call her Margaret, but then changes it to Mary. Haha, ha, Mary Margaret. The two walk to the well to get water. They notice the water is crimson with blood and that there are multiple mangled bodies near the well. The bodies are those of the men who came to the cabin the night before. Uh, so my notes here are Widow Lucas saying to Red, I'll sleep with the trolls in the afterlife. That line just made me laugh. Snow White and Red Riding Hood, their friendship alludes to the tale Snow White and Rose Red. And Granny being a widow is a reference to the widowed mother from that story. There were some reused props and the prop used for the well outside Red Riding Hood's cottage is the same prop used for the storybook wishing well. Uh, in fact, this is the same well that's used. I think I asked you once before if it was the same well, and it actually is the same physical prop, though it's supposed to be different wells throughout the series, but it's the same wishing, it's the same well that Prince Thomas disappeared during the Price of Gold, as well as Rumpelstiltskin's village in Desperate Souls. And they just made some cosmetic changes throughout the series, giving it a roof, taking the roof away. Yeah. So it was all the same. That well well has uh, gotten around. Yeah, it's (laughs) well-traveled. Done. I'm done. (laughs) All right, sorry. I quit this podcast. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Let's see. All right. And my final note was some of the outdoor scenes in the Enchanted Forest were filmed on Mount Seymour in the district of North Vancouver. And the snow in the background is real. Interesting. Back in Storybrooke, Emma and Mary Margaret are walking down the street when they run into Ruby talking to Dr. Whale. She's decided to leave town immediately, but they persuade her to come to their apartment for the time being so she can figure things out. In my notes here, I have a well-deserved slap in quotation marks, but was it though? And Dr. Whale creeping on Ruby. Dr. Whale was creeping so hard. You know, we're just saying shoot your shot, but uh, Dr. Whale was not taking no for an answer there. No. And it wasn't until the numbers were against him that he decided to leave. He was like, I'll put Emma Swans here. I'm out. Yeah. I'm not going to say what I was thinking. Never mind. Moving on. Anything else you'd like to say? No, but I'm curious to what you were thinking now. If he could, I was, I was like, I wonder if Dr. Whale was thinking he could work something out between Mary Margaret Ruby and himself. I'm not going to uh, lie, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. During a town meeting in the Enchanted Forest, Mayor Tompkins is telling people that he could have slayed the wolf had he been there. Granny storms in, stating that she knows that he would have died as well. The wolf is too dangerous to face, and they must hide from it. She tells them about her own experience with the wolf. Sixty years before, the wolf attacked and killed her six brothers, and she survived but still has the scars. 
She says it cannot be killed. Red tells Snow White about Peter and that Granny won't let her leave the house to see him. Red says that they should go kill the wolf, which Snow White is against. And in my notes here, I have Widow Lucas's brothers were veterans of the Second Ogre Wars. Yep. And following Widow Lucas's speech, Snow says, so your granny is kind of intense. We don't find it a little odd that the mayor ditched all the other men right before they were attacked. Like, I would find that very suspicious. Yeah, he's sus. Maybe he's the wolf. <laughs> like, that would be my thought. Yeah, it's strange. He's a very suspicious, he's a politician, is basically what they're projecting. Accurate. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just, my notes here about Granny referring to the second ogre wars. It's int- I, I, I think I have this in a note for a future episode, but Rumpelstiltskin at the time when the curse, the dark curse was enacted, he had been the dark one for 300 years about that time, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. So, and we asked like, how many ogre wars have there been? Well, we know there's been at least two, if not three uh, at this point now. Yeah. At the Storybrook town line, Mary Margaret goes to the spot where Catherine had disappeared. She runs into David, who is looking for Catherine. David keeps saying repeatedly that he is looking before he walks away, leaving a confused Mary Margaret. And this was a strange scene to me. I've, I've forgotten I all about this. I understand that David doesn't like remember what's going on here, but like Mary Margaret, why the hell are you going to the scene of the crime? Like mm-hmm. you two are literally the most suspicious people right now. Mm-hmm. Like the only one more suspicious would be Mr. Gold coming out of what's the shovel again or something. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. And you have to... are the prime suspects. You know this. I don't care that you're like, oh, everybody knows we didn't do it. No, they don't. You're still the prime suspects. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Get it together. Yeah. I don't know what she was thinking, especially like Mary Margaret doesn't have any like investigating skills or anything like like snow white going is one thing like she might have Mary Margaret but yeah <laughs> no yeah no back in the enchanted forest while searching for the wolf red teaches snow white about tracks and tracking and they find the wolf's paw prints they find tracks that change from a wolf into a human making them wonder what they are really dealing with my note is red when looking at the wolf's prints. Oh, gods, how big is this thing? And I wrote, so the Enchanted Forest is a polytheistic land because she says gods. So I'm not surprised by this, like, because we learn way later that Snow has had interactions with people like Hercules and stuff, which means this universe is well aware of the Greek pantheon, essentially. So, like, yeah. Especially, like, we see Hades later yeah, on. We, like we, we see her. We don't, we're not going to pay attention. Like, we're not going to yeah. pretend we don't see all these things later. Like, we do see kind of the Greek aspect kind of come in heavily later. So hmm. I don't think it's without reason that they would be aware that those things exist because clearly they're very well aware that other things exist. So Greek mythology is true in the Enchanted Forest, but I guess also, I don't know if Christianity itself is true, but it it is at least practiced in the Enchanted Forest because Camelot's there, like Arthur yes. and his knights and everything. So that's that's interesting. A very or is Camelot its own realm of sorts? 
I outside I, of I paused the first, forest. I paused for a second thinking about that, but Lancelot shows up in the Enchanted Forest. Accurate. I'm aware that he shows up in the Enchanted Forest, but does that like is he a crossover? Because hmm. we see that quite frequently enough within the series where characters kind of dip in and out of where they're supposed to be. That's true. I hadn't thought about that. Well, we'll have to see. Like, I guess we never really get answers, but at least Greek mythology exists in uh, the Enchanted Forest as a quote-unquote true religion. In Storybrooke, Henry helps Ruby look for a new job. Henry asks her about a possible job delivering things to others as a courier using a basket. Ruby then answers the phone and takes messages. And an impressed Emma asks her to be her assistant. Mary Margaret tells Emma about her strange encounter with David. Ruby goes to Granny's to pick up lunch, and she tells her about her new job. Granny tells Ruby that she is doing the same job she was doing before. So we now know that the sheriff station doesn't automatically redirect calls to Emma's phone. We had hypothesized that before. Uh, but it does, because what's said there is Henry says that it's not an emergency calls hmm. that gets sent to the automatic room. So emergency calls and important stuff probably still goes to Emma. Oh, okay. All right. And then my other note here is Emma's money in the budget. Presumably she now has Graham's salary or close to it being the sheriff. Uh, so the money in budget in the budget is what Graham would have paid Emma with. Yeah. In the Enchanted Forest, Red tells Snow White about a strange creature she heard that transforms from a human to a wolf when the moon is full. They continue to follow the tracks, which leads to the cottage and Red's window. Red says that Peter came to her window the night before, and Snow White thinks that the wolf is Peter, which worries Red. Red is convinced by Snow White that she has to do something. Okay, this whole scene bothers me from the perspective of the footprints that they're following are a little red and bloody, like they're kind of messed up. Like there's a little bit of blood in each one, like a little bit of discoloration. Mm-hmm. The prince lead to the college cottage like that. If Peter murdered these men and then came back to the cottage, is, like is that what they're assuming here? But meanwhile, they're like, no, he was the only one that ever came up to the window. But like that would have happened before those men had died, so it wouldn't make sense in terms of when the prince got there. When the why prince coming, yeah. why they were bloody looking? Like, yeah, no, I agree. You're right. I hadn't noticed that, but that makes yeah, sense. it really annoyed me. I, mm. I'm like, I don't know why it's not obvious that it's not Peter because I don't think also if they had gotten close, like they never really go towards the house. I imagine if they had gone towards the house, they would have seen that the prints were probably heavier right by the window as the thing was going into the window, right? Like, mm. yeah, they right. never bothered to check. So back in Storybrooke, Ruby makes her way to Granny's Diner to pick up the lunch order for Emma. She also uses this opportunity to brag to Granny about her new job and lies about how important she is at the sheriff's station. Granny doubts this, but is visibly upset. You know what I say is everybody is watching them very closely in this scene, like the other characters. Yeah, that's true. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Red meets with Peter, and she tells him her theory about him being the wolf or that the wolf is using his body and that it is preventing him from remembering afterwards. Peter agrees that, that they should tie him up, 
but use chains instead of rope to do so. And Red vows to stay with him. At the sheriff's station, Henry tells Emma that Ruby is Little Red Riding Hood, which Emma dismisses. Emma takes Ruby out to investigate the place where Catherine disappeared in the woods. They are following tracks when Ruby is able to hear David. They find him unconscious. When he revives, he has no recollection of anything that has happened since the previous night. At the hospital, Dr. Whale says David is having the same experience he had when he came out of his coma. He says that he can refer him to Dr. Hopper for psychological assistance. David fears that this episode of memory loss occurred during his last moment with Catherine. Still listed as David's emergency contact, Regina arrives and scolds Emma to go look for Catherine. Ruby goes to the toll bridge upon Emma's instructions to see if she can find anything. She finds a box buried under a wooden plank and screams upon opening it. Anything you'd like to say for that? No, not really. Okay. It's pretty all straightforward. In the Enchanted Forest, Granny wakes up Red, who is actually Snow White in disguise. She's in Red's bed wearing her red cloak and hood. Granny worries, and Snow White tells her to trust Red and that Peter is the wolf. But Red will be safe as Peter is tied up. Granny is even more worried by the fact that Peter is tied up and helpless. The scene shifts to Peter tied up and screaming, Red, don't do this, as Red, now the wolf, maliciously approaches him. Now this all could have been avoided if Granny had just freaking told her at any point that she's a wolf. <laughs> yeah. It, it is weird, too, because Granny, Granny's old. Like, not to be insulting, but Granny's old. What did she, like, she had no plan for after she passes, like, what, what was going to happen? Right, like, how her. would she find out? Yeah. She, she wouldn't know. Well, unless another character who shows up later comes back around then, but we'll get into that when, when it comes up. Season two. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. No, you're definitely right. In Storybrooke, Ruby shows Emma the contents of the box. She is still in shock by her discovery and questions being cut out for police work. And Emma, amazed with, Ruby, with Ruby's tracking skills, comforts her. While walking through the forest, Granny tells Snow White about the history of their family's curse. She has kept the knowledge from Red, and Granny used to be a wolf herself, but lost much of the power to transform due to age. She can still track and tell Snow White the cloak is magical and stops Red from turning into a wolf, but she hardly wears it. They find Red eating the remains of Peter. Red lunges at them, and Granny fires a silver-tipped arrow at her stopping her, and they quickly cover her with a red cloak. The cloak restores Red to her human form. As they hear the townspeople coming, Snow takes Red away, leaving Granny there alone. And my note here is that Red, her mother, and grandfather are all biologically werewolves, but Granny was bitten by Red's grandfather. Could that also be why she lost her ability to transform? That could be. I mean, this also is a good question of how old Granny actually is, because like, is she normal age for a grandmother or is she mm. a little bit older than that? Like, I'm not saying she'd be like rumple age, but mm. has she been alive a lot longer than we would assume? Well, we know that she is at least 65 because she says it was 60 years ago that the wolf came around. 
So I imagine she'd have to be at least five years old to have the memories of it. Yeah. So at a minimum, she's 65. However, I mean, she's Red's grandmother. So given like the real world, like what things like were in medieval times, she probably would have been about 20 or in that age age range when she had Red's father or mother, I guess. I guess she's Red's maternal grandmother. Yes, yeah. I think so, yeah. So she would have been about 20 when she had Red's mother. And then Red would have been about, I guess they would have been about 25. I, I don't know. It's, it's all complicated. It really is. Yeah. I wish we got better timing for that kind of stuff. Yeah, it works, but uh, we're not going to figure it out right now. So back in Storybrooke, Ruby goes to the diner and asks Granny if her arm is hurting. Granny says it does every full moon, showing that the scars from the wolf attack in the Enchanted Forest are still with her in Storybrooke. Ruby asks to come back and admits that the extra responsibilities Granny discussed earlier scared her. Granny says she was so insistent on Ruby learning to run the diner because she wants Ruby to own the place when she retires. She says that Ruby loves it as much as she does and the two hug. Aw, yay, family. Everything's great. You just did like a 1990s uh, television show. Aw. <laughs> and then like clap, 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 clap. <laughs> Mary Margaret checks on David at his workplace and Emma shows up. She tells them about the box and that there was a human heart inside it. There were fingerprints on the box. David wants to know if he's being arrested, but Emma says they're not David's fingerprints. They belong to Mary Margaret. My question here, where does Storybrooke send the heart out for testing? How do they send it out for testing? Like, how does any of this work? Yeah. In this fictional town where no one can leave. Yeah. And my, my first, uh, at first I had another note saying, why would the sheriff's station have Mary Margaret's fingerprints on file? But then I thought about it and I was like, oh, she is a teacher. So she would have had her fingerprints taken for background checks. True. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to say about the episode? Just that uh, Ruby refers to Emma as her lemur at one point when Granny, oh, yeah. when Granny's yeah. like, I thought you wanted to see lemurs. And Ruby's like, turns out Emma was my lemur. Like, Yeah, it was her adventure. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right. Very good. Anything else? Uh, no. Okay. Well, that concludes this week's episode of the Once Again Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to either our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at onceagainpod. If you are feeling generous and would like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. Also, a like and a share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Thank you.